Hello, Mississippi and abroad. This is Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Welcome to another edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relevant college football talk in Mississippi. And the SEC would like to thank our partners at the Oxford Park Commission. Lots of good things going on there at OPC. Lots of offerings for youth and adults alike. They're gearing up for fall flag football. Right now, registration is ongoing for ready golf and instructional time for youth ages 8 to 13. There's boxing, fencing, hiking, and so much more. Visit them at OxfordParkCommission.com. I'm joined by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss beat writer. It's it's officially game week for the Rebels because they're past that Monday, so they're within that uh, seven-day window. Michael, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, it's, it's good to... Uh, have a, a game week uh, to talk about. Lots of other things going on on the beat uh, as well. Uh, look, let's talk right away about camp. I know we had the the what we learned piece in Sunday's paper, and uh, one of those things was uh, the depth at receiver, which is you know kind of been a a work in progress. Maybe not for, from the Ole Miss standpoint. Maybe the coaches knew what they had all along, but the idea of losing a guy like Elijah Moore, and then uh, creating depth and, and playmakers. What's what's that position looked like to you? I, I think the, the thing that stuck out to me is is, is the word depth. Um, they There are a lot of guys that I think on a given day um, could, could play a significant role. Uh, I, I think everybody is aware that it, it's going to be difficult to replace someone like uh, Elijah in terms of pure volume. In numbers, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily what they're going for. When, when you have guys like, uh, you know, Braylon Sanders, uh, who Lane Kiffin has said has first round potential and at times in camp has looked to be that, that sort of guy. Um, Dontario Drummond, who, you know, had really nice numbers last year despite kind of being the second fiddle, Mingo, and, uh, you know, whatever John Rice a- ends up doing. I think you've got a really interesting combination of pieces that, you know, is, is one guy going to catch, you know, 85, 90 balls? You know, I'm not going to go on, on on that limb, but I, I think that with, with I, and I think Sanders leading the way is, you know, assuming that he can stay healthy. Uh, I, I think that room is, 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 is going to be very, very successful. Yeah, I've seen Braylon Sanders look like a first-round talent before. I mean, makes just big catches, huge catches. I mean, the yards per catch average for him for his career is very impressive, but it, it has been this injury, that injury, this long period of time away, and and he just hasn't had a lot of uh, consistency just in being able to get on the field. But sounds like he's had a, a pretty healthy camp, a pretty productive camp, and because of that, I mean – I could see Dontario Drummond kind of being that second guy again, being that guy where, you know, there's so much focus on Sanders and, ooh, there's there's Drummond making a big play. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think second fiddle should be thought of as like a, a negative thing, but I think when you have so many when you have so many options, I, I, I think there are going to be plenty of passes to be caught. And, uh, you know, we, we know what Drummond can do. Uh, you know, he's he's been a, he's, he's been a touchdown threat. Um and he's 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 you know he's 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 been in this role before. I, I think uh, you know I, I think more is going to be asked of him maybe compared to to two years past. But 
Um, I, I, I do think that um, th- there will be plenty of, of back corral passes to be caught. Do you get the sense that Jonathan Mingo has been more consistent in this camp just from catching the ball? I mean, he's he's had trouble with drops in the past. We we know uh, his athleticism, his physicality, and and all of the other assets he brings, uh, particularly an inside receiver where he can be a matchup problem. Uh, do you get the sense that he's just caught the ball better? Yeah, I, 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 it, I guess the best thing I can say is that it hasn't stuck out to me, um, meaning that I haven't focused on drops. And if that's not happening, that, that means he's probably just doing the routine things. And I think that's... That's that's kind of the key, right? Is for him, is for him to to be consistent and just do the routine things consistently. And and if he can get those things down, then I I think that uh, he's going to be in pretty good shape. It, it hasn't been anything that's really stuck out to me in terms of him, uh, you know, losing balls. So I I, I think that's I think that's probably a, as good of a sign as anything. Yeah, if he does the routine things consistently, then I think he's going to have that wow kind of year. I mean, we've seen flashes from Jonathan Mingo before. I go back to the Kentucky game last year, Michael, and and that was a, a big game for Jonathan, and he was hot, and Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby just rode him and kept feeding him the ball, and he ended up with eight or nine catches, but just so many of those catches were short swing passes, you know, out on the sideline, where he really was able to use his physicality and just just drive a defensive back down the field a couple of times, a couple of plays where he just kept pushing that would-be tackler and, and picking up extra yards. I mean, that's the kind of physicality that he can show. And the key is just, as you say, routine things and getting the ball in his hands because once he has the ball and can turn up field and start running, uh, I mean, that's that's where he really... Uh, stands out. But I, I do believe that if it turns out he's not doing the routine things at the level that the coaching staff would like, that could really be uh, when you start to see John Rice Plumley emerge. Yeah, and that's, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a big wild card here. Uh, you know, we, we haven't been able to see uh, as much practice in, in recent weeks just in terms of, of how they're, they're using him and what sort of reps he's seeing. But uh, you know, I, I think that, as Jeff Levy said, he's going to see significant action this year, John Rice is. And uh, I think, you know, you, you get the ball in your playmakers' hands and, and let them do a lot of the work. I think it's that way with Mingo, and I think it's that same way with John Rice, too. Well, and we're talking about depth here at this position that, that where really the ball didn't get spread around that much last year. Uh, Ole Miss brought in some new guys, some inside receivers, like a Quay Davis, like a Jacor Pearson. Have you heard much from them in camp? You know, there were a couple moments early in camp where, where, where Quay Davis kind of stuck out to me. And then, uh, you know, he maybe kind of went on the back burner a little bit, at least at least in my head. Uh, and then, you know, Jacor is somebody that, I, I didn't really see a, a ton of getting to work uh, when, when some guys were, were banged up, you know, just kind of routine camp stuff. Uh, I saw him getting a little bit of work out there, but I, I think they're just so deep that, you know, it, not, not saying that those guys aren't going to play because like I said, I think there are going to be plenty of balls to be caught and they are going to be rotating guys, but I, I they, they aren't guys that necessarily I've seen get, a ton of work and Jacor's kind of one that surprises me because of his resume I, I kind of thought that he would be a guy that would just sort of 
step in and and, and, and play a role. But um, you know, again, it's not to say that he won't, but it's something that uh, you know. I mean, I, I haven't necessarily seen so far, but I think again that just kind of speaks to what they have in that room. There are just so many guys that can do so many different things. Is Chase Rogers going to be the answer for this team at tight end? You know, that's such an important position uh, in a Lane Kiffin offense, even you know with or without Jeff Lebby. It was a huge position last year. And it's it's kind of seemed like whoever was the tight end was going to excel in this system. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it's it's going that way. Obviously, there's the there's the idea that, you know, he is he's the person that, you know, went and talked to us from that position room. So that always kind of kind of tells a little bit of a story in, in terms of who they're, you know, letting us talk to. But I just think, one, in terms of he does have experience at, you know, Louisiana. Um, obviously, he's had some injuries uh, throughout his career, and, and he, um, you know, he doesn't have a, a ton of, you know, big SEC experience. But I think that, that they like his combination of, of – I know they like him as a blocker. Um, and he takes a lot of pride in that, and I think he's going to really contribute in the run game. It also means you don't have to take him out uh, when, you know, on running downs. You can keep him in, you know, all, you can keep him in every down, and I think that is big. And, and he sounds like he's expecting to catch more passes. Is he going to catch as many passes as a guy like Yaboa did? It's hard to say because Yaboa was really an extension of uh, receiver in, in a sense. Um, I don't know if Chase Rogers is necessarily you know, that sort of guy who's who's going to get those twenty, you know, average like twenty yards reception. But I do think there are he is going to get his targets, you know, in, in, in the shorter passing game. Now, Michael, as you're discussing here with a graduate of uh, the University of Louisiana at Monroe, I will tell you that it's always important to include the hyphen with the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. That's boy, we could I could really. Uh, Go down that uh, rabbit hole with you there, but uh, it's L- Louisiana Lafayette. But, uh, beyond that, it's a campaign of misinformation and propaganda. But I will say that they—it's uh, been a successful campaign uh, for the University of Louisiana Lafayette, as they have had willing partners here in the Sun Belt Conference and the NCAA. So uh, those guys have uh, stayed on that message and gotten it done. <laughs> But uh, anyway, that's that's your Sun Belt Conference minute. Hey, let's get back on this Ole Miss offense uh, a little bit here, uh, Michael. Is there a player or two? I mean, you, you know, coaches hold things back. Obviously, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin cut off access uh, middle of camp, uh, maybe before then, in terms of what you guys were able to see with eleven on eleven. Uh, who's your pick here to? surprise your surprise player your the, the guy we're we're not talking about because we do see depth at a lot of these positions running back receiver it, is there a surprise player that is maybe getting a little overlooked that could jump in there uh, against Louisville this week and uh and contribute yeah I mean I I don't know if it's a a surprise player per se but I, I do think that we, we've, I, I think people have kind of lost sight of how good Jerry Neely is, and, and I think that he is going to be a guy that has a very, very big year. And that kind of feels like I'm cheating a little bit, but you know, we we, we talk so much about Matt Corral and and what he's going to do uh, throwing the ball, but I, I think that 
the one, the running back room itself is a little bit overlooked. But two, I think what Jaron has has done in his career, um, you know, he's been extremely consistent, and I think that he is going to get more touches in in, in various different ways. I, I think he is going to be a guy that is gonna. You know, at, 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 in December, we're going to look at his numbers and we're going to say that's that's an all-SEC guy um, because of what he's going to do, not just running the ball, but as a pass catcher. For me, I, th- I think he's a guy that maybe has kind of been put on the back burner for, for some people, uh, but that he is going to have his best year yet. And I, I really think he's, he's in for a big year. Well, I think you're right. I think he has been overlooked. And it's crazy that a guy like that, gets overlooked, but when you consider these all-SEC teams uh, last year's postseason and, and then preseason this year, everybody wants to fit uh, Jerion Ely in as the all-purpose guy, and that's great, and that's a compliment uh, to his diversity and, and his skill, and, and certainly uh, it fits. He is an all-purpose guy, but I think because of that, he gets overlooked at what he does from the line of scrimmage, and this guy is stronger than he looks for his size. He's obviously fast. He changes directions well in the middle of the field. And, you know, he doesn't easily go down with first contact unless first contact is like two or three people. You know, he's a guy that that really can get some yards after that first hit. No, I I agree here that uh, he could be a guy that that really stands out. And and, and when he does, people are going to say, oh, I knew Jerry Ionelli could do that. Well, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people, I think, just aren't giving him the credit that uh, that he deserves at uh, at running back, at his natural position. And and he's also the reason that I think, you know, when we bring up guys like Quay Davis and Ja'Core Pearson, man, I think how they want to use Ely in the passing game is going to make it even harder for some of those newcomers to get the ball you know, assuming that uh, that Mingo blossoms and that Plumlee has the year that we think he will. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, one, there are a lot of very good running backs in the SEC. I mean, there's, there's no question that there is a long list of guys who are probably going to run for a thousand-ish yards, and you can throw them all in that same boat. But I, I think, you know, you, you throw – Jerian into that all-purpose category because it's kind of the easy place to put him because it kind of covers everything. Uh, like you said, I, I do think he is, he is not as um, – he should be getting a little bit more love just as, as a pure running back. And um, I, I think he's going to shine there. I, I think he's, he's going to shine as, as, as a receiver. I think he's going to be kind of an – I don't know if unsung hero is the right term, but I, I think he is going to, to be a really big piece for them, maybe bigger than – all right, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about this defense. Everybody wants to know, uh, will the defense be better? You guys got to see him in one scrimmage. And and, and then I think because of your uh, uh, critical analysis there uh, as a collective uh, group of beat writers, uh, that might have played a, a role in the fact that uh, access was shut down after that scrimmage uh, in terms of viewing the 11 on 11. What do you think about this Ole Miss defense in the matchup against Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham. Uh, got a runner here. You know, 800 yards, like seven touchdowns last year. He can put pressure on a defense. What do you think about this matchup right out of the gate? Yeah, so I, I think that is a sneaky, tough matchup. Uh, I know you know some 
Ole Miss fans are thinking this is this is a blowout because of how you know eh, Louisville was last year. But uh, Malik Cunningham is a problem. Um, he's he's been a problem just in his, in, over the last couple of years. Uh, he had his best year as a passer last year, and it sounds like they are expecting him to make an even bigger leap this year. Um, and especially in in a first game where you have been playing against only your guys, you know, for the last few weeks. Malik Cunningham is different than anything that that Ole Miss has really on on the roster, just in terms of of uh, of you know the, sort of the dynamic threat. I obviously Matt Corral can run, but uh, I think Malik is is a is a different sort of player. And so yeah, I don't know how you emulate that sort of guy in practice. I, I think he, he he is going to catch that defense a little bit off guard. Not to say like the defense won't be in position or won't be ready for it, but I think that he's going to be more explosive than I think people are necessarily, you know, ready for. I think he's a tough first assignment. I, I do think the defense is a, a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously there was a first scrimmage where we sort of lost our, our privileges because maybe we, we wrote a little bit uh, too harshly uh, about how bad they were. <laughs> Um, but you know, in that case, you know, then Lane Kiffin shouldn't come out and tell us how bad the defense was, but I digress. Um, you know, but it it sounds like after that, when they were really doing the ones of the ones, it sounds like the, the the defense kind of held its own. And that's kind of the vibe that I got when we were watching things is that the one defense actually looked okay. And, you know, if you can look okay against a Matt Corral offense, I think you'll probably be able to, to figure it out eventually against, you know, this Louisville offense, but I, I, I do think that at least initially Malik Cunningham is going to provide some issues. Um, I, I think he's a really underrated player, but uh, I, I, I think the defense has improved. I think they are going to be in a way better position to make things happen than they would have a year ago against a guy like Malik Cunningham. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think Matt Corral can run, but I think Malik Cunningham wants to run. You know they're 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 looking for him to to run and 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 push the ball down the field in that way. Yeah, I've read some stuff on him. Looked like last year. I, I know his passing was erratic, and and so while they are hoping that that he'll show more consistency, they also kind of kept things simple for him last year. You know they they didn't uh, you know didn't throw a lot down the middle. You know they were very selective on uh, deep ball opportunities. So. Uh, his passing uh, completions and his inconsistency, and that came with routes that were mostly to the outside. You know, he, he wasn't uh, wasn't throwing a lot over the middle. So there's there's an expectation that that this guy that is trying to uh, increase his consistency could also be working with an expanded playbook and, and more play calling at this time. So anyway, I think it's a very interesting matchup, uh, particularly with uh, so many. Uh, new guys, and, and not all of these new guys are inexperienced when you talk about a, a Jake Springer like that, uh, you know, but new guys in new places and some young and inexperienced guys. I, I think this Ole Miss defense is going to be better, uh, and it's going to be an, an interesting uh, matchup, as you say, right uh, right out of the gate. What other matchups, uh, when you, you look at uh, Louisville, uh, Michael, what, what do you see? So, I mean, I, I think an interesting thing is is going to be they have a, a – at quarterback, they have an ace. And I think it's going to be interesting with 
these sorts of I know we talk about the depth of receiver, but you still need to get open. And I think whoever is on um, their number one corner is going to be tough. And so I think how they, you know, I've said this before that Lane Kiffin is very good at scheming receivers open. I think that he is going to have his work cut out for him in that regard. Uh, an interesting thing too. I, I'm I'm curious to see what Louisville's running back situation looks like. They they lost their top runner from a year ago. He I believe he entered the NFL draft early. Um, he had 800 some yards. They don't have a ton of guys coming back who who have done a, a ton of running. So I, I'm curious to see how they are going to generate a, a quote unquote traditional running game and, and how. I don't think they can run Malik Cunningham 30 times a game. That's that's asking for a disaster. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how they generate a run game, what that kind of looks like, and to see, you know, we've, we've talked so much about this Ole Miss defense, and I think the biggest thing there, for me anyway, has been what they're doing up front and can they stop the run. And, you know, I, we know they've beefed up. We know that they have brought in guys to to try and, um, you know, get a little bit stouter at the point of attack. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Louisville generates that traditional run game against what Ole Miss has sort of been gearing up for this offseason in terms of beefing up to, to stop that sort of attack. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting, no doubt, Uh and, and we talk about the the new guys that uh, that Ole Miss has has brought in. Uh, Sam Williams has some been someone who has uh, made plays for them the last two years. He's one of these super seniors that uh, has come back. I know I've heard Lane Kiffin talk about wanting Sam uh, to be more consistent. Um, what what do you feel about uh, his camp? I know again I haven't seen much eleven on eleven, but uh, what kind of vibe do you get about? the camp that uh, Sam has had? Flashes, I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, sometimes he looks like a world beater, and then sometimes he, he can kind of get washed up on a play. And I think that's, you know, if we talk about consistency with Jonathan Mingo, I think it's the same thing with Sam Williams, just in terms of showing up every single play. And um, But I do think the difference, for, at least from what, you know, the players have themselves have said, and of course they are going to talk themselves up, but is that they are? It isn't just going to be him who has to get a, who who is who is the quote unquote pass rusher. Uh, I, I think they feel confident that there are other guys that can do it. And it sounds like you know Randall Joyner has, has really sort of emphasized pass rush moves and, and and all that sort of stuff. And again, not to say that like I'm sure they worked on pass rushes before, but I think it's really been an emphasis so everybody can do it. So it's not just well if Sam is is having a bad game we aren't going to get to the quarterback. I, I, I think that – I do think that they, in a perfect world, Sam is is more consistent. Um, but I, I think that they feel better that, you know, if he isn't having the sort of impact on a, on a play-to-play, drive-to-drive basis, there are other guys who can do it. All right, Michael, we're nearing the finish line here. Two names here. Just tell me uh, if you're hearing anything about them, uh, how you think they might uh, – factor in and we're on the defensive line here again a couple of guys that uh i guess you would call them redshirt freshmen now were uh, in the program last year uh desanto rollins at tackle demon Clowney at defensive end or are you hearing those names much uh demon 
Clowney is somebody who instantly sticks out because one, he is just a grown man. Uh, that is a large human being. Um, he is somebody that stuck out at times uh, when when we when we were able to kind of see things. Uh, but but again, you know, one, we aren't there as much right now. But two, um, you know, I, I think they. You know, maybe in the beginning they were kind of working everybody in, and now it's, I imagine that they have a little bit more of a defined rotation. I'm not sure what his role is going to be, but I can tell you that when we were, you know, seeing full, you know, practices and, and the scrimmages and stuff, he was a guy who, who, who stuck out. I would not be surprised if, if, if he plays a role. Um, you know, if, if nothing else, I think that they are still going to be rotating a lot of bodies, but I, I don't think it's going to be in a bad way. I think they, they feel like they've got a, a good amount of, of talent in that room compared to where they were a year ago. Um, DeSanto Rollins, anything from him? I can honestly say I, I don't really think I've seen his, his, his – he has not really popped to me. But, again, that, that's not to say that he hasn't. But I think for me, it, it, he hasn't necessarily stuck out. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, if linemen are, are sticking out on on, uh, on on film, that means they're either they're making a great player or they're getting pushed to the ground. So he could very well be doing his job, and I just haven't noticed. But he, he is not somebody that's stuck out to me personally. Hey, folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relative college football talk in Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back later in the week. Come join us.